Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. is up welcome to episode 152 thanks so much for listening it means so much to me if i brought you any value please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe button don't be a stranger shoot me a dm on instagram or facebook let me know what you want to hear more of and please be sure to share the podcast i'm truly grateful for your support thank you can each of you please do me a small favor If you're listening to this through Apple Podcasts, please click subscribe. And if you're listening on Spotify, please click follow. When you do that, it means this podcast will go higher in the charts, which means more people can see this, which means more people are likely to listen and hear these episodes and hopefully apply these lessons to their life. One last thing before we dive into today's episode, the show notes. I'm starting to pack a ton of value into them, such as a link to the motivatedmindpodcast.com, which I recently launched, where you can sign up for my weekly newsletter, search through every episode I've ever released, and another way to get in touch with me directly. The link to sign up for one-on-one sessions, access to the Motivated Minds Facebook group, and the opportunity to become a subscriber for subscriber-only episodes, ad-free listening, and Q&A. Be sure to take a look. Today we have another special guest that joins the pod, Solo Cisse, the CEO of Galaxy. Driven by a relentless work ethic and competitive spirit, Solo successfully secured an Ivy League education, championship college football career, and highly esteemed Wall Street positions as a securitization expert before ultimately identifying his true calling to disrupt and define the future of social media and fan engagement by co-founding his blockchain-based super app, Galaxy, with business partner and NBA all-star Spencer Dinwiddie. After helping Dinwiddie become the first NBA player to tokenize his contract and witnessing the widespread support from the crypto community that followed, the two longtime family friends embarked on an entrepreneurial journey to create a crypto-powered social media solution that connects players, creators, and influencers with the fans who keep their careers thriving while offering additional revenue streams that coincide with our increasingly virtual world. I hope you all find value in Solo's wisdom and a deep dive into his journey. Solo, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So you've you've accomplished something that I think a lot of people struggle with, and that's letting go of security, right? And and capitalizing on you know these emerging technologies, and quite frankly, you know possibilities by jumping into into crypto. What drove that decision for you to to jump ship? I think for me, quite honestly, I've been blessed to have a really strong support system, like within my own personal life. And so I think that's gave me, um, you know, the comfort and also in some ways the audacity to take chances on myself. Um, and so I think from that perspective, that's kind of what, you know, motivated me to, to want to go after this. 
um, you know, to your point, like, you know, these big emerging technologies are windows of opportunity into what it could potentially be, you know, life-changing events, right? And so I think for me personally, I, I saw that with crypto and wanted to get involved. And, um, you know, thankfully, I have a strong support system, you know, between my personal family and my, you know, coworkers, advisors, you name it. Um, you know, a lot of different, you know, people kind of went into this decision and making me feel comfortable taking that, uh, you know, that risk. Mm-hmm. Now, with crypto or just that space, it's hard for, I feel like, a lot of people to comprehend what's going on on that side of the world. So as you talk about, you know, your support system, whether it be uh, business advisors, whether it be former business partners, whether it be, you know, your family, was it difficult to get people on board to really paint the vision for for a lot of these things? I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, you could say, hey, I'm committed to this. I want to do this for A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. But was was that conversation difficult to overcome with some of your support system, even if they were supportive to paint that vision for them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when you think about crypto, you know, your 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 mom, you know, at the end of the day, as supportive as she was, she was kind of like, I don't understand it. So it's hard to, you know, let your son, who's worked so hard for whatever he's done and admittedly has a really nice setup working on Wall Street, um, to jump and, you know, leave shit for that. But I think they handle it with a lot of grace because um, you know, I think they they were very open to learning more about it. And I think once you continue to you know, explain to them, you know, the utility and in, in the ways in which that it could be impactful for their own personal lives. But through examples like that, that's kind of how you teach, you know, your intended audience, um, you know, the utility behind the technology, right? Like, I think a lot of times people like to point to these big, you know, worldly shifts in the way in which that we could, you know, interact with people and like function as a society, um, you know, through things that are very different, um, you know, but I think generally, you know, what speaks to people is being able to, you know, demonstrate via things that impact their lives personally, um, so that they can kind of see how it can affect change and how the technology can be used, right? So like when you, for example, right, like if I talk about the idea that, you know, blockchain technology could be helpful in settling trades faster, right? Like, what does that mean to the average Mm -hmm. person, right? But like, if you think about something like Galaxy, where you're talking about the idea of, you know, having peer-to-peer contact, the exchanging of value being so liquid and fast, right? In a way that could be impactful in your life. Um, you know, that's going to be something that explains, you know, that that explains itself a lot better, um, you know, to your intended audience. So I think, you know, for myself, I was very able to, you know, point to those unique opportunities to, you know, speak to the people that I know and love about the way in which that, you know, crypto could impact them, you know? I love that position. The thing that came to me solo is, I saw an example of the first iPad, uh, iPod, excuse me. And on the left, there was just this iPod and above it, it just said, you know, uh, uh, the first mobile player or something like that. And then on the right, it actually said the words of the advertisement that they pushed out originally, which was a thousand songs in your pocket. And it was yeah. painting a picture of the future that people can digest and, and comprehend and I think that's that's amazingly powerful. And I love that way that you positioned it. Aside from from opportunity, was there another spark inside of you that attracted you to to crypto? Like, was there prior experience? And two, was there just another ignition um, inside of you for this? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, a lot of it has to do with the idea of, you know, how do we ever get into a, you know, a world recognized currency? Like, how does, what does that look like? One world currency? Like, that's kind of when I saw the opportunity. I was like, oh, like, this is, you know, this is something I've always wondered about. And like crypto, you know, uniquely, 
at this point in time is, you know, an answer to that in a lot of ways. And the idea of like, does the traditional monetary system always make sense? Does printing money just to print money make sense? Like, you know, I think from that perspective, that's kind of what helped me or at least motivated me to to look into the technology. And that's what um, ultimately, you know, came about in the most interesting of timing. Like I was working in the legacy financial system. Um, so very, very deep rooted into that. So for me, even myself, like I was, you know, reluctant to say the least about the technology itself because I came from that world. Um, but I started doing more research and I recognized at this point in time, when you think about like the internet or like these big, you know, generational changes in the way in which technology impacts all our lives, um, you know, ultimately this is the time to get educated, right? This is the time to, you know, learn about the technology just because it's better for you to do so and then choose what you do next based off of what those exercises are, right? Like I would never tell somebody to just jump into crypto because it's something to do. Do your own research, right? Become educated and tell me why or why not you don't want to participate, right? Or be involved. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, there are a lot of people saying they don't believe in it for no good reason. And there's people saying they believe in it for no good reason. Um, ultimately, I think the most important thing for me is, you know, I was able to ask those questions and I was like, oh, you know, this doesn't make sense to me or this does make sense. Do you, do you think foundationally, because you had that experience in that that old world, that for you, there was this bright light shining because you saw how obsolete this this current system is, right? Was that like Absolutely. just a huge indicator? Because I feel there, there are a couple of things that have been, from my perspective, massive conversation in today's world. And one of those is the financial system, especially I, I think that one could make the conclusion that a lot of things with crypto and the way that the government has been, um, how do I put this, handling finances has brought to question a lot of things with the acceleration of crypto. But the other piece is the educational system, right? There are just our education system. We're not taught a lot of these things when you're younger. Our parents weren't, our parents before them weren't. For you, did you not only see, okay, there's opportunity because I'm understanding the frameworks of the system and seeing how inefficient it is. But there's also such a lack of understanding. And I feel, especially with, let's say, the millennial generation, there's been a massive onboarding, I feel, in the crypto space. And I'm curious, is is part of this because they see the inefficiency within the old way? And two, the other part of it being that they understand this better and ultimately it makes more sense than what we have today. Yeah, it definitely is a little bit of that. So living in that world and seeing the, the frictions that we have, I think kind of just, you know, ultimately made these, you know, solutions a lot. Like when I went through that journey of understanding how the technology could be implemented, um, you know, I think I saw firsthand, okay, like, that I, you know, going back to what I was saying before, I was the intended audience, like, you know, based off of what I was able to read and find for myself, I saw how it could solve my, my own personal life based off of where I currently live. Right. And not like, you know, physically live, but like live in terms of my career and like the, the ecosystem and the part of the world that I function in. So I think from that perspective, that's what was like super helpful for me because ultimately at the end of the day, you know, being able to see it firsthand in a way that made sense to me was what made that process a lot easier and palatable for me. But everybody needs to have those, you know, sorts of aha moments um, where you see the technology and that stuff makes sense. Mm, 100%. Now, a fair bit of this audience is starting either a side hustle, full-blown entrepreneur, or at least thinking about becoming a founder, starting a company. From what you've learned through Galaxy and just your business experience previously, 
Is there some specific advice or direction that you would give those listeners? I guess the advice you wish that you received. The advice that I wish I received, I think I would have wished that, you know, I actually, you know, had a, you know, a conversation with somebody last week and, you know, talked about the five things I wish I knew. But I think, you know, the most important thing I would have wanted to know is that ultimately at the end of the day, like your idea, as great as it is on day one, will not be the idea that you go to market with in most cases, right? Like, I think it's very, very, very unlikely to have an idea, you know, after much iteration that goes to the market and makes sense and is successful. And it's even more to like, you know, get that on the first try. And so I think from my perspective, you have to learn how to have that sort of relentless pursuit of the end goal and being able to be malleable and being able to be, you know, um, you know, nimble enough to kind of take the feedback that you get from the world along those different steps to ultimately build a product or, you know, build a service that makes sense. Um, so I think for me personally, you know, entrepreneurial life is, um, you know, it's sexy in a lot of ways, but it's also sexy in, in, not, in not a lot of ways. And so I think people, you know, don't really focus on those days. But, you know, those are where the, the those are where the, you know, battles are won, like on those days that are not sexy, right? So I think from my perspective, that's kind of the biggest piece of advice I wish I would have received. Mm-hmm. It's funny because when you look back at any massive company, Apple, Nike is a is a great example. How many times that company actually pivoted? Right. So looking at the yep. history of Nike, those guys actually didn't even manufacture their own shoes at first. Right. They had to yep. they were overseas and they were basically white labeling them and they deteriorated on runners yep. shoes. Um, I can't remember if it was uh, based on heat or, or cold, but one of the two nonetheless. So it's interesting that, you know, to your point, when you're mission driven, all of that other stuff pivots with the business and the model. Those are such micro in the grand scheme of things, because if the vision is bigger, all of the details to get to the mission, to get to the vision, not like you cross this threshold of, hey, I hit it at this point, but all of those other things are more palpable, like you said, you can digest that on change because you know your mission and your vision is the biggest formula and piece to this, and you can really hold on to that knowing that. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, 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 it's an interesting life. Like I didn't think I would ever, you know, become an entrepreneur. Like I think I have an entrepreneurial spirit. Like I always have. I think a lot of times, especially, you know, I come from a a foreign background. So like my parents are from West Africa and I think, you know, it forces you to think about the world differently because inherently you live between two worlds, right? Like I think because of that, you just have to continue to solve and fix things and always be the bridge of communication between these two worlds. And so I think you just learn how to be a fixer and you just think about the world different ways. Like, should it be like that? Should it not be that way? And so I think because of that, um, you know, that's kind of like why I fell into it. But like, to your point, like, yeah, like it's, it's a lot. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Well, I, I, you hit on something there that I want to dive a little deeper, that perspective or that questioning, I, I believe has it fades a lot for most people as you naturally age. So an example I've actually used on this podcast is when we're kids, I don't know if you have any kids of your own. I don't, but I'm surrounded by a lot of people that have children and being around them, they'll always ask, you know, why is the sky blue? Uh, why does the door open this way? Why do we do yeah. this? Why do we do that? Yeah. And you're constantly like, because, because, because that's the way it is. But there's this massive sense of just curiosity And I feel with every year for most people, 12 months that goes by, that layer of curiosity gets knocked down just a little bit. Not for everybody, certainly not trying to put everybody in a bucket, but that level of curiosity and questioning, 
well, why is it this way? Is there a more efficient way to do this? And you see it in business all the time. How many companies out there are extremely inefficient, whether it be refining yeah. an SOP or a process by 0.5%, compounded, that makes a massive difference for the overall success and speed of the business. But we naturally, again, a majority of us, get stuck in this habit of doing things because that's the way they've always been done. So why should we do it any differently? And it's like, well, people like Thomas Edison, the the Mayor Rothschild, like all of these people that did things differently is how we we became an accelerated or stepped up as a species. So if we don't have people naturally questioning these systems, these habits, whatever we're in, the structure of it, how ultimately do we advance as a species? So I think sure. your ability to analyze those things, do th- I know you said, does that come natural to you or is that something that you've really got to work think- for? Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, It's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started i think a lot i think it's it's definitely both right like i, I wouldn't want to say that like you know it's as simple as like i was just born this way but like i think a lot of it is both but i mean to your point too like i think the reason why we go to that and especially as we age is because you become it's, it's convenient right like you have a life you have responsibilities you have a nine to five you have all these things like it's tough to expend the emotional energy and the you know, mental capacity to, to, to think the way around the world. When you're a kid, you don't have a care in the world, right? It's like, I think that may have a little bit to do with it. But to your point, like, yeah, like, I think for me, like, I've always been one of those more curious people. Um, and so I think from that perspective, I just, you know, I, I, I've always looked at different ways. You know, I've always just been curious. Like, I wanted to know why things work the way they did. You know, as a kid, I'd love to take things apart and put it back together. I just, I don't, I always wanted to understand why. You know, funny story, I actually worked in Wall Street um, for about five years after college. And I, you know, started off in trading and I kept asking a lot about the origination process. Like, how do we get this product? Like, how do bonds and, you know, how are stocks, you know, formed? Like, are they, how are they originated? And I asked so much about that. And, and mainly I worked in fixed income, so it was bonds, but just, you know, for simplicity's sake, um, you know, learning about the, in, you know, the origination process of the different financial instruments that we'd ultimately trade. I asked a ton of those questions and they eventually were kind of like, you know what, like, there's a, there's an opening over there, like, why don't you go over there and, and, and start working and tell us why, like, cause, you know, that's kind of like, I, I'd always ask those questions. So I think for me, it's a bit about, you know, my personality and things like that. But to your point, like, it's super important to have to, to, to think about that that way, because, you know, ultimately, the status quo and just dealing with life the way it was, you know, the analog to that could be, 
you know, Uber, for example, right? Like we were taking taxis and like when you couldn't find a taxi, you just accepted that like there are times that you will not find a taxi and that will just be a normal day where you're just sitting around for an extra 20 minutes of your day because that's just the cost of living. Like that's just how things were. But like Uber made us realize that that didn't have to be the case. Change consumer behavior forever. Right now we can't wait more than 10 minutes for our car because we're like, what? This is Uber. This is what this is made for. And same thing for like crypto, right? Like the fact that like when I moved to Los Angeles a couple months ago, and the fact that I had to you know put a down payment on a car and the bank was closed, so I had to go to the bank the next day just because the bank was closed and that's it. Because when the bank's closed, your mom knew that the bank was closed when the bank was closed. Your grandmother knew that the bank was closed when the bank was closed. But like there's technology out there that can make it flow as easy as a text message to transfer that value. Why we're we not using it, right? Like so, I think from that perspective, you know, that's kind of how you ultimately change consumer behavior. And if you're able to do that. Um, you're able to create a, a viable business long term. Yeah, there's this the the model of of being content in life, right? And 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 that's funny that you say that because transfers, right, in the United States, uh, just outside of of crypto, what three to five days? I mean, it's painstaking for for many 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 people, yep. and. A lot of these companies out there, whether it be, uh, I think Venmo is a good example where you can do like instant transfer. Well, they put it as a refund. So that's how it shows up in your bank account in order for you to get the money faster. There's all these like things that have been done where it's really bandages and it's not really solving yeah. at the core of what yeah. the problem, they the crux of yeah. what it is. And that's yeah. what gets me excited. Again, I don't know a ton about crypto and I certainly don't like to go outside of the speak on things that I don't know, but I've seen a lot of, solution in the crypto world for a lot of these problems that we have just become content on. And it's interesting because when I think about innovation, Thomas Edison's a a great example. A lot of people give him crap. Oh, he didn't invent the light bulb, this and this. Well, it's funny because Thomas Edison's actual, his well-known invention or his best invention was actually recording the human voice on paper, really. And A lot of people, when he went to go talk to people about what it did, it was hard for him to explain what he just invented. He said, no, okay, imagine you talk and then you can hear me talk again through this piece of paper. People are like, wait, what? I I don't I don't understand. Okay, imagine you talk and then I record your voice. And I don't think they use the terminology recording, but for today's sake in 2021 um, and then I play and then that person passes away, unfortunately, a few days later. And then six months later, I can play back that human's voice. And people are like, yeah. wait, you can hear the dead? It was just so difficult for people. Yeah, for people. It's incomprehensible. Yeah. yeah. And it's your point earlier yeah. about di- being shifting something in a form to say, here's how it's going to change your life for people makes it a little more digestible. But I think crypto has been that way for many, many people because I, from my perspective, there aren't a lot of companies that are talking about it the way that you're talking about it it's much easier to digest when you form it into here's how it changes your life now the mechanics about it yeah sure they're they're comp they're complex but really do you understand all the mechanics of the financial world currently as it stands probably not going back to the education system it hasn't been something that has been that has really been taught yeah i mean i think i would take you a level up on that too is like if you think about it right like the best companies in the world have been able to implement crazy technologies in a way that were seamless and that didn't force people to actually learn it, right? Like crypto right now, like is one of those things that people actually have to learn 
a lot of times, right? And like what we're trying to do at Galaxy and in general is like follow that, you know, Tesla Apple model, right? Like the idea that ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, like you don't know how this Apple computer functions, right? It just does. It just works. Like it's supremely capable and it's the best technology that you'll ever use, but it doesn't feel like it or it doesn't force you or require you to think as such, right? So I think that's the that's the that's the sticking point that we're at when we think about blockchain technology and crypto is you know we're we're at this you know inflection point where there's that you know gateway to understanding utility and usage and stuff like that and in our world but at the same time you know we're still stuck in the idea of the educational aspects of it being really tough and so ultimately the most important thing for us i feel like is moving into that decentralized world is like you know what that educational process looks like because at the end of the day the more that we're able to have that sort of transparency and you know understanding right like that's when you hit something big, right? Like if you make people understand or use the technology without having to think about it, that's going to be where the utility and that's where the adoption will truly come. But right now at this point, crypto and blockchain in general, we're at this inflection point where there isn't that sort of mutual understanding or that just general understanding of, you know, how the technology and its uses could really impact and affect change. How do you, where do you see the the crypto world in 10 years from now. I know all of us don't have a crystal ball, but you know, there's already been a, a massive amount of acceleration here. How do you, from your perspective, see things changing over the next 10 years in reference to the industry itself, but also really our financial system? Um, I see a world where, I mean, there's a lot of different things. There's a 10 year map for Galaxy as a company, and then there's a 10 year map for like blockchain adoption as a whole. Like, I mean, I think to start with the entertainment industry, I think when you think about intellectual property and different aspects of, you know, the creator economy, there's a lot of trapped liquidity in, in terms of like how creators are making money off of their brands. Right. I think in general, that's kind of what we aim to solve at Galaxy is like, now, moving into monetizing your time and through social media applications and things like that, or social media acts um, and things like that, that's something that's simple, makes sense to people. But then moving forward, um, you know, the idea of, you know, securitization or cash advancing, income share agreements and stuff like that, like that stuff should be afforded to creators of all different types. Um, and we should probably be able to get there in a, in a reasonably fair fashion um as we continue to become more educated on the technology itself and then when you think about you know stepping outside of you know the creator economy um you know there's other aspects of it too like the fact that like you were talking about takes three to five days to send money via a bank right like it doesn't have to be the case it shouldn't be the case right like it could be the case that eventually um you know blockchain technology is implemented in the legacy financial system so that trades settle within a matter of hours or, you know, a matter of minutes versus, you know, three, four days. Like that's the kind of world I see where it's like, you know, the, the distance between peer to peer or like entity to person, it's just so, so quick. And lastly is like, you know, it's a trustless trust network, right? Like meaning like you don't have to trust anybody or any one person. Like, you know, we have the convenience of relying on all of us to keep us all accountable versus the idea of like, you know, we in the developed world, especially are very lucky and fortunate to have, you know, financial institutions that we feel comfortable trusting. But that's not the case for every single person on the planet. And so I think when you have that and you put the power in the community's hands, it's super important in those underdeveloped parts of the country, I mean, of the world. Um, and so I think that's kind of like where I see the future of the technology being used. Do you think to get a little um, on the edge of the conversation, how much of an uphill battle is this going to be with our current centralized format in, in the government? I see that there's 
a lack of legis- legislation still in place. And I hear that there's more and more of it getting built up and pushed through yep. a conversation around it. Uh, how does that look from your perspective? Yeah. I mean, I think various thought leaders in the space of crypto have definitely been, you know, you know, keeping abreast with what is moving in, in terms of regulation. And look, I mean, de- decentralization won't happen at one point in time, right? Like it's not going to that just happens tomorrow decentralized society like the transfer the relinquishment of power from a centralized entity to the people is going to be something that just takes time and the government is going to be super super diligent about the way in which that happens and what they're willing and willing and willing and not willing to concede or give right and so i think from that perspective that's kind of you know what the market's looking for is that sort of transparency on like what paths we're going to go down and it's not going to be something that's just going to happen you know instantaneously so to your point yes like there's going to be a lot of conversation there and the educational process is not just for them um, but it's, it's, it's really more about, uh, it's really more about the idea of like how you can, um, you know, really educate those people, like the, the people that are going to be governing our, you know, our world and like the government entities and the regulatory bodies across the world. Like it's super important for those entities, especially to, 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 to learn with this process as well. Mm. And, and for those just stepping away from the governing bodies here and educating them for those that are interested in crypto, where do people start to get information? You know, it's interesting through all this COVID stuff, there's a ton of information, especially with the internet. We have great access to information. It's then, I spoke to a gentleman, Dylan Dane, CEO of system two, a couple of weeks ago. It's about how do you file down that information in a trustworthy format too. So I think there's there's a lot of information about crypto. I've actually been in the cannabis space, legal cannabis space for almost 10 years now. And it's the same thing over there. There's a ton of information and a ton of anecdotal information. And it's difficult for consumers to sift through that information and say, well, this is fact. This is based off legitimate data. And this not so much. This is from Steve, from Jessica, from Tracy, right? Yeah. So yeah. in the crypto space, where, where do you advise that people go, at least for a foundation, to start to get some information rolling? I would say for me personally, and you, you asked a great question, I think for the way it works is going to credible projects in the space um, are going to be really helpful. And then obviously there's some very big entities as well. Um, you know, whether your feelings are about them, you know, it's kind of neither here nor there, that's a different conversation, but, um, you know, different exchanges and stuff like have a lot of educational programs because they want to, you know, get people into crypto. Um, and so I think there's a lot of different, you know, what you're starting to see is a lot of these companies having these great, uh, you know, programs to help educate their, you know, eventual customers, like they're paying people to learn about crypto. And that's a small price to pay based off of, you know, what a customer could be ultimately worth over the lifetime or lifespan of them, you know, being a customer of yours. And so I think, you know, there are a, a good amount of those sources that are really helpful in, in giving people the, you know, very necessary essential aspects of the education. And then for me, I, I did a lot of it through learning through people, right? Like I think a lot of times, you know, we have a ton of access information and we, we, we get caught up in the internet internet life and the interweb of like how we, we function. But, you know, the best sources of information have been people that I've had direct conversations with, like right now, right? Like, I think this conversation is probably helpful to you as well. And I'm by no means, you know, the crypto king expert. I think I know a decent amount, right? Like to say the least, but I think in general, like that's kind of how I learned about it, right? Like I learned about it through, you know, my co-founder, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like he also happens to play in the NBA and just is exceedingly like talented at that, but he's also a whiz when it comes to this stuff. Right. And so like the exchanging of, you know, information is, you know, both digital and, you know, can be in person. 
Um, so I think from that perspective, that's kind of what's been super helpful to me is at least, you know, those in-person conversations. Yeah, that's perfect. You said something earlier that I wanted to circle back on, and it was what Galaxy is doing, but also what the crypto space is doing in unlocking finance Traffic. or value yeah. that has been trapped. I think that's yeah. so fascinating, and I, I want to go there in relation to that piece and what Galaxy is really doing because we haven't spoke about Galaxy, and and I, I want to talk about it. So dive into that and how you guys are unlocking that for these people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the journey really started with you know Spencer's contract securitization, and so he was the first to be a player to tokenize via Ethereum his, his contract. And the idea of unlocking trapped liquidity, quite honestly, is as simple as you know, he has a contract, let's say he signed a, you know, a $40 million deal over four years, whatever it is, um, or three years, 62 million. That's what he just recently signed with the Washington Wizards. Go um, eventually, you know, there's a, there, there are methods for you to bring that cash flow to time zero, right? Like instead of waiting for, you know, 20 point whatever million dollars each year, you could, you know, get your money now, right? But there's obviously a cost of capital and there's, you know, some sort of advancing rate that like they're willing to extend you. But, you know, from that perspective, you're able to finance, you're able to, uh, you know, you're able to uh, finance yourself and bring your cash flows up to time zero and unlock that trapped liquidity, right? Like when you think about the entertainment industry as well, it's like you see rappers, you see entertainers, you see all different types of people, you know, taking out different types of loans to finance a lifestyle that may not be, you know, the smartest way to, you know, uh, to, to finance yourself. Right. Like there are people taking hard money loans that take, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent. Right. When you can finance yourself for three or four or five. Right. Like that's just the idea of more efficiently bringing capital to the creators in the entertainment industry. Um, and then also, I think in general, kind of more specifically. Right. Because that's kind of where we started. Um, but Galaxy nowadays is really meant to be more of like a lighter hearted, something that's palatable, social media interaction-esque platform where you're able to, you know, interact with creators that you know and love in ways that are familiar to you through the use of blockchain technology. And then you also introduce new things like NFTs and things like that. So if you as a creator are able to monetize your time, which is something that you're very familiar with, um, you know, that's something that's a lot easier than trying to explain securitization to somebody, right? And so I think ultimately we want to be able to be the house to house all of these different interactions. Um, but to start, you know, monetizing your time, having a face-to-face -face conversation like we're having right now, like people and fans want to pay for that. And so Galaxy provides a very specific avenue for them to do that among a lot of different other things all in one place. And so that's kind of like unlocking liquidity, you know, being able to you take your own intellectual property, your likeness and make money off of that is something that's really big in the creator economy right now. And that's what Galaxy is aiming to kind of absorb and capture and help facilitate um, from, you know, our perspective. Mm. There, there's so much value behind this. Not only the, the the unlock, but the fact that creators. I mean, just hop on Twitter if you're following the right people. Going through threads, there's so much good information. You talked about earlier for those looking to get into crypto, talking to people that have been there, done that, or are on that journey. There's so much value in there, and so much of it is just sitting in these different areas. So, providing a platform where people can access that is priceless, in my opinion. Where can yeah, no, absolutely. Where can Solo? Where can people find you? And where can they? Where can they find Galaxy? Where can they start to engage? 
Yeah. I mean, I think for me personally, you can find me on all various forms of social media. So I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. You know, on Twitter, it's at Solo Cisay, S-O-L-O-C-E-E-S-A-Y. And then on Instagram, it's at Solo.Cisay. Um, and then on, you know, Galaxy is also all over the internet at this point. And then also via different, uh, social platforms too. So you can find us at, at Galaxy app or at Galaxy, um, you know, online, um, you know, through various searching. And so, um, obviously I really appreciate you having me on the show, but yeah, no, we're, uh, super excited about the decentralized future and all things crypto. And hopefully we're trying to, you know, bring a narrative that is a, a little bit easier to understand something that's a little bit, uh, you know, um, that speaks a little bit more true to, to our every, everyday lives and how we can affect change that way. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Well, Solo, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on. Thank you also for sharing your wisdom and also helping, you know, part of your mission here, or at least from my standpoint, changing the world by jumping in and sharing your expertise and your skills and, and unlocking this value for other people. I know that goes a long way and it's definitely going to be a major part of the future moving forward. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into how to follow your calling with Solo Cisse. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the motivated underscore mind and on Facebook at The Motivated Mind Podcast. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a mindset production.